find something where it can reflect, which means you can see yourself like a mirror, wherever you're sitting at, you know, hopefully if you ain't sitting on the toilet, hopefully there's a mirror next to you too, but somewhere where you can see yourself. And I want you to look in that mirror, look at yourself and tell yourself that I can do it. Because once you truly believe that you will make it happen. And as cliche and as funny and as ridiculous as that sound, it's very true. If you can look yourself in the eye and tell yourself you can make it happen no matter how hard it is, you will. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Join us today. He doesn't need an introduction. Welcome, Neil Gilarte. Hey, hey, hey. Neil, it's not your first rodeo. You've been on the show at least a couple times, I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, welcome back. I feel special. <laughs> I, I keep getting picked. I'm the pretty girl in the group. <laughs> well, Neil, you've been accused of worse, I'm sure. So we're here at Podfest having a blast in Tampa, and you've been on that stage several times, uh, whether it's a panel or helping with opening keynote this morning with Glenn. And uh, I just wanted to, to say, you know, from when we talked a while back, initially, uh, those who've been listening for a while, they're going to remember that. To see the growth to where you are now, I know you've had a lot of things that you've gone through, but I'm just excited. I've seen a lot of clarity. I've, I've just seen some development in speaking. I've seen opportunities start to open up. And then also you've realized, hey, there's some things I've been doing, but I've also realized I want to go in another direction. So these are things that people struggle with, and, and, and I think they're things that you can be honest about. And so I'm hoping today that's, that's a few things that we can chat about. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me back. So we'll start with uh, today. You you were involved and you were sharing a little bit of your story. It was specific about sponsorships. And that's something we touched on when you spoke on the show previously. So let's just go over a little bit of some of the takeaways from the presentation this morning. Yeah, definitely. Um, This morning, I just just was uh, really honored because Glenn the Geek asked me to sort of, you know, clean up, be like a cleanup batter for him. Uh, He talked about sponsorships. And I I just sort of wanted to follow up with how to keep a sponsor because a lot of people are so excited to get sponsored. And then when they get the sponsor, they don't quite realize what comes with that, right? So you have the responsibility of not only maintaining the sponsor, keeping them happy, but sometimes they expect more out of you than just, hey, can I be a sponsor? They actually want sales. They actually have demands. And so I just wanted people to understand that it's like a relationship. It's sort of what I hate that one was. If it's like having a girlfriend, right? If you love her, you have to show her love to get her to show you love back. Yeah. So you have to show your sponsors a whole lot of love. You have to go above and beyond more than just reading their little text on your show for them to want to invest more and then share your show with other potential investors. So that's sort of what I was trying to hit on today. So I got to ask the question. You talked about the girlfriend analogy. So clearly there was an experience where you won the opportunity to have a sponsor, but then that opportunity didn't necessarily mean it was a long-term solution. So let's tell what happened. Sure. So basically, you know, when I got my very first sponsor, I was so excited just to, you know, hear that I was going to get money for my show that, I sort of thought that if I just mention them every episode, that that'll do it, right? That's what they're paying me for. But then, you know, after a certain amount of months, you know, they were saying, hey, you know, we're not getting direct sales from your show. We're not, we're not hearing, hey, go to this uh, place and then sales are coming through their website. So at that point, they wanted to back out a little bit because they're saying we're not really getting a true benefit other than, yeah, you're plastering us everywhere, but we're not getting anything out of it financially and we're spending money. So that's where I sort of was like, whoa. All of a sudden, reality check. I could lose my sponsor if I don't find new and unique ways that to help them, basically, right? So I ended up having to broker a different deal, less than the amount per show, less than the amount I was getting overall, but you have to double their exposure for them to feel the benefit of it. And then finally, after like, uh, I would say it was about six to seven months, I was able to finally generate the sales, but it had to be through my Facebook group. It had to be through all other mediums, social media, 
me uh, endorsing them live when I speak. And then that's when it finally moved the needle. And then now we're finally getting back where we were when I was at the very beginning. So the big lesson I was trying to sort of share was it's not just, oh, yeah, I'm sponsored. It's you have to, you know, really nurture that because there's a now there's a million podcasts on iTunes. They could pick. They don't have to have you anymore. They have more selection than you do. So it's like, what can I do that's special? What can I do better? What can I do different that makes them value me so much? And then the beauty is now they're promoting other people to me. And even though I haven't quite landed the one that I want the way that I want, I just keep trying to add value, add value. And now slowly I'm developing the, I guess you could say the value of my show to them. How are they promoting you? You know, they don't a lot. Normally, um, now I'm finally getting a link on their website. That took a long time. You know, uh, a lot of them, how do I say it? It's like they want to test podcasting out, but they're kind of afraid to really back it visually on their end. I had like two people that wanted me to push their software, push their stuff. But then when I came back with, can I get my you know show on your page? Then there was a little bit of pushback on that. But I think now that I've earned it, our, our listenership is much higher. I know Jared Easley, stuff like that just really <laughs> loosened the money. So it's growing, you know, but it's a, it's a, every day it's a different. Well, <laughs> all right. So we're going to put a twist in on this normal conversation yeah, because I've invited my good friend Willie Harper over and he's your good friend as yeah. well. And Willie, for those that don't know Willie, they need to know that you are basically the creator of a show for children that's on YouTube called Needles and Scratch. So uh, let's just go there for a moment. Let's talk about what you've been up to and tell us about Needles and Scratch. Yes. First of all, I'd like to say thank you, Jared, very much for letting me be on your show. I'm very, very appreciative. Although having Neil on the show, I don't know if it's going to help you as far as viewership, but you know, I'm here to make it better. <laughs> but um, yeah, Needles and Scratch is actually uh, a conception that I had while teaching my ninth grade daughter pretty much how to retain information in her brain because I think all parents can agree with me is that the most headaches that we all have is having kids retain the information because then it's like, well, what would all the parenting go to if you just forget it in five seconds? So I developed Needles and Scratch. Uh, It's a puppet show. It's a brother and sister show where uh, they do hip hop songs that are focused around a play-based curriculum. And what that means is that it's a way of having kids learn while playing. So for instance, let's just say your son, little Timmy, right? Let's say Timmy has a hard time with memorizing six times six. So what I do with my show on Needles and Scratch is I have it develop into a song. So, I mean, pardon me if I'm not a great song, but like six times six is duh, 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 duh. And with those rhymes and those melodies, he'll be able to memorize the algorithm of what six times six is and what four times four is. And then that way it stays in his mind longer and it's less headache for you to keep telling him over and over again, now come on, Timmy, what did we say last week? What did we say this week? And that way he retains the information without you spending the access amount of time of of reteaching him the same stuff. So, Willie, I know that you and Neil have worked together in the past. How did you guys get connected? Uh, Well, it happened back in 1999. Under a coconut tree in South America in 1979. No, we actually, we met, it was funny, I was a... I was a young filmmaker looking for an actor to be a thug in my movie, which if you see Willie, there's no thug there. But I went to his high school, tried to audition people. He uh, um, walked up to me, asked me if I would allow for improv. And then we started doing this project and the project sort of fell through. And um, we had similar interests in video. So I, you know, we kind of decided to team up together. And it's been about 18 or 16 years uh, that we've been working together uh, all the way up the ranks to police department of Orlando, up to the mayor's office of Orlando. 
Then he moved to Tampa. Now I'm in Tampa. So we're just still growing together. And now, look, we're both on the Charity Easily show, both together uh, many years later. So it's been a fun, fun ride, aside from the fact that he siphons my money. You know what, Neil? That was absolutely the greatest story I've ever heard. I mean, it's too bad that it's all fiction. Um, So I'm just going to say the real story. So it happened way back in 1998. It was a hot, stormy uh, day. Well, actually, it can't be hot and stormy, but it's just because I was on the I was in the room and he was just he walked in like he was Steven Spielberg because he was looking for a boys in the hood actor. So for everybody out there who don't quite know how I look, let me paint a little picture for you. Think of Fresh Prince's. Think of Fresh Prince Bel-Air's Carlton, because we all remember that. Think of Carlton with Straight out of Compton. And high cheekbones. <laughs> with Straight out of Compton uh, outfit wear. I'm like, where in the world did right, well, you look, think That story is just taking way too long. So. Uh, in other words, we've been together for almost 16, 17 years. And uh, he's doing the Neil Scratch show. And uh, we're here supporting him because this is his big coming out party. We'll take that as you will, Miami. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's been really exciting. I'm glad we got to sit here with you for a little bit because, um, you know, Everybody wants to be Jared's friend. I always get honored when Jared gives me three seconds of his time because it's valuable. It's expensive time. <laughs> it's- <laughs> well, let's just talk real quick about one thing that I, I find fun to do when we bring a little mix together that maybe wasn't expected right out of the gate. And um, it's the I'm going to help you whether you like it or not kind of, <laughs> kind of mindset. So we're going to start with Willie. And Willie, I want you to critique Neil and just give him one piece of advice you think that could really help him with where he's at. It doesn't matter what it is. And then, Neil, we're going to turn the tables and you get to tell Willie one thing thing you think would help him and he's just going to have to take it. So let's guys have fun with this. Uh, Not too much fun, but (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. So, Willie, we're going to start with you. What can Neil do to to get better? Well, um, I'm so glad I'm giving the mic. There's a thousand one things. But the very first thing, all jokes aside, I think that I would give as constructive criticism to Neil is to not worry about what everybody thinks about him. I think he's a very great guy. I think he's very loving. And if anybody plays this for him, I'm going to have to shoot and kill you because uh, <laughs> I'm his hardest critic. But I'm also the one who's always letting him know that it doesn't matter how hard you try at anything. You can't please everybody. And sometimes that doesn't mean what you're doing is wrong. It just means that you're just too focused on making other people happy instead of doing what makes you happy. And to me, that's, I think that's the best advice that I could give to him, which was passed down to me and also passed down from Billy D. Williams to me also, too. So keeping all good looking people in the same circle, I just want to make sure that he gets the same advice so he can go down the right pathway. I love how you're not boys in the hood, but you'll kill someone that know, bashes right? Neil. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like yeah. well, you know, outside of the puppet show, you know, this I, show's I've had not going to get aired very much. Well, I mean, I think for Willie, as, as far as other than telling him to quit flirting with my wife, you know, he's actually this is a weird one. He's actually kind of this. God, I can't believe I'm going to say this on, on actually something that's going to get aired, but uh, he's actually doing what I've always would have told him as advice. You know, like Needles and Scratch being here is the result of him doing what I always told him to do, which was stop waiting, Willie. It doesn't have to be perfect, Willie. It doesn't have to be Muppet ready, Willie. You just got to you got to take a leap of faith. He was so afraid to put them out there, you know, for a good reason, like people could steal them or whatever. But I just he's doing it now. You know, he put them out there and look, he went from having one puppet to having the entire show showcased here today and crowdfunding for the next level, which is the pilot. So my advice that I would have given him is to just take that risk and take that jump. And he did it. And then, like to be here and see that banner as big as it is on the wall, it was kind of a humbling moment because I was there when he drew it on a napkin in 2009. And, you know, I didn't name them. So I do get my royalties no matter what he does. And so that's my advice is just keep taking the risk. I mean, what you did at PodFest, continue to do it aggressively so that 
you're going to get them in the hands of the kids sooner because it does take money to do that, right? So, uh, Willie, would you be willing to share a specific example where you were completely out of your comfort zone, but you took a bold step and you saw a reasonable or a good result that has led to where you are now, but it took you really just kind of manning up, if you will. Yeah, I remember when you used to strip. That would be a real good story right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, those were the good days. The tips were nice. Um, but really... <laughs> uh, the one moment that really I would say would for a male to really determine if I was a man or not was really leaving a very secure job and 100 percent believe in myself. I think that's the biggest thing that we all fear is that we think that we can 100 percent go with our own dreams, but we're afraid to take the consequences that come with that, knowing that there is no steady paycheck, knowing that the lights can get taken off and knowing that we can't have arguments with the wife. She might leave us and we might have to sleep in the car for about a week or two. But are we willing to take those sacrifices to believe in ourselves? So for me, it was leaving a very cush and stable government job and to 100% believe in myself. But it had to take a very special person in my life, which was my grandfather, to pass away for me to realize that life is really short. So I have to make choices. And because tomorrow's not promised to me, amen, I got to take my dream or somebody else is going to do it for me. So really, that was the big leap of faith. Any advice I can give anybody is just you got to trust and believe in yourself and take everything that comes with it. Just because you fall, just because you sleep in your car, just because the bills are stacking up high and you like it cut off, that doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. That just means you have to work harder. And I don't see a reason why you shouldn't because you work 16 hours for somebody else. So why not do the same for yourself? So I think the best advice ever is to believe in yourself, push forward. If stuff goes wrong, that means you're going in the right direction. It took Abe Lincoln how many years before he became president? So if he could do it, you could do it too. I'm going to flip this over to Neil. Neil, what's one thing about Willie that that you know you can learn from and and something you admire? You know, I'm not going to ever say this again because I don't have to be able to say I said it twice. But, um, you know, I always kind of mess with Willie about being very pigheaded. Sometimes he's very in my way or the highway. But the one thing I do like about Willie is that once he commits to what it is he's going to do, and he kind of gave that advice to me, he really doesn't care what you think about it. I mean, it's, it's going to get done. And I've always admired that about Willie. It's probably one of the reasons I started working with him at the very beginning was that sort of mentality of we're going to do it. And even if I felt insecure, he's like, let's go push like a big machine. So that's what I admire about Willie. Uh, it's, it's showcasing, it's coming out in the work. You're seeing it, you know, the, the, the bullheadedness in a good way, right? Like I'm focused on my show and it's going to make it. And now here we are at PodFest with you. So we're excited. Everybody's doing their thing. Yeah. And I just want to say one thing great about the PodFest is that PodFest is for everybody because I came into it in 2015, not even knowing what it was. Uh, it was introduced to me. And seriously, I didn't even think of it as an avenue for Neil's and Scratch. But I got educated. I walked in there. I opened my mind. And I saw a lot of great things and a great a lot of great uses. And I love being in a room full of creatives, people who really want it for themselves. And I think that's what made me become part of the family of podcasting. So I would say for anybody who has any doubts or doesn't even know about podcasting, before you put the first judgment out, go try it. Go out there, experience it, and then decide if it's for you or not. But I think it's for everybody. And Willie, what's one thing that you admire about Neil that you could learn from? The one thing I can learn from Neil, obviously, is to not comb my hair backwards because it makes my forehead look a little shinier uh, when the camera's aiming at me. <laughs> but, um, but the one serious thing um, that I, w- I would definitely take from Neil is that his hustle and grind, his hustle is grind is just, it needs to be on a reality TV show. Like, they need to write movies based on that. There's some stuff 
and I'm pretty sure this is a PG show, but there's things that Neil is willing to sacrifice and to do to make his dream happen. And that's the reason why I think he succeeds in life. Now, all I need to do is figure out what that is, put that in the bottle and sell it. <laughs> but that's one thing I do really, truly admire with him. It, whatever that he wants to do, he just goes full head and into it. He's a great marketer. I always say he's got the gift of gab. Sometimes he talks too much, but he's got the gift of gab. People um, are attracted to that, and that's what's been helping him. So yeah, that's man. the best advice I can say to him is keep on gabbing away. Neil, what, what would you like to see happen with Needles and Scratch? Oh, man, I want to see Needles and Scratch be everywhere on, on, you know, nationwide TV. I'd love to see it in stores. I think that it's time for something new. You know, like there just hasn't been anything cool since Fraggle Rock. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, as much as I love digital and I love uh, the new animated things, I just really like that he went back to puppetry. And sort of it, it's also going to create a craft for people that do puppetry, right? Because they kind of lost their job to animation. So I just really want to see it blow up and be something kids love and See, I would love Natalia to grow up and see it in school and know that her Uncle Willie made that, you know, and uh, and I've seen how excited she gets, how she sings it. So I, I just think it's an amazing product. I'm really proud to be a part of it. Willie, this show is called Starve the Doubts. So we, a lot of people that listen to this are, are navigating interesting situations, trying to work through that. And I'd love a specific example. You, you kind of touched on this already, but a specific example where you had to just starve the doubts. And then what recommendation do you have for people who are trying to do that? To starve the doubts, very good question. The very first time I had to starve the doubt is when I first got a check cut to me with the Needles and Scratch name on it. That really is what made me stop doubting because somebody entrusted the tool for their kid to see enough to put their hard-earned money behind it. If that didn't happen, honestly, I just would have been like, this is a gimmick. It's taking too long. I'm just dreaming. Let me go work somewhere else. That was a big reality check for me to let me know it's on the right path. Let me keep pushing and keep going. So for anybody out there, I would say the hardest and the easiest thing is to see the blessing in front of you, which is that you're alive to see another day, which means that you have been given time to keep pushing on your dream. Don't wait for other people to validate that your dream is successful. It doesn't take a million dollars to prove that you're successful. It's not a Ferrari. It's not the beautiful ladies, even though they are beautiful. None of that. It really is you. People buy things and people trust things based on you, your character, how you sell it, and how you believe in it. So I would say 100% believe in yourself. Push forward against any adversity against you and you'll make it happen. Neil, you shared with me something that I, I think is really valuable. You have had the shiny object syndrome on occasion, but you realized that that uh, isn't always the best thing. So just take a moment and, and tell us about what you've learned from shiny monkey syndrome and maybe where, you know, what, what are some things that you're trying to uh, do in the future to stay focused? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an easy answer on that one. You know, I'm a person that... As soon as I see something that's really cool or interesting, exciting, I want to be a part of it, right? And what I've learned recently is that by doing that, I divided my attention a whole lot. And so I actually was getting success, right? Like, I'll give you a real example. I started speaking. I started coaching people. And I felt so successful. They're like, so this is what all the podcasters have been doing. This is what's been missing. And I didn't realize until PodFest that I've been ignoring my, my, what made me me. What my goal was when I left my mom's house at 17 and went to L.A., like, was to be a filmmaker and a storyteller and own a media company. And I wanted to bring all my attention back to that. So as much as I love speaking, as much as I love helping people, as much as I love traveling and all these wonderful things, you know, I was actually getting lost 
So I think that for everybody that's out there, you know, be a lot of things. But I mean, even you know, Jared, you've done it. I mean, you, you podcast movement, man, it puts your head way up here. And then you have to sometimes go back to a real job and go, wow, I'm still human. I got to bring my focus back to my family. And so now that I have a baby and all that stuff, I think I just wanted to get refocused and I'm feeling much more refocused. Sitting here talking to you, I remember the first time you interviewed me, I, I was just like so... I'm talking to Jared easily. You know, I listen to all his shows. Oh, my God. Podcast movement, Jared. But look, here we are. Like, you know, now it's been a long time. We're just boys talking about what we love to do, which is podcasting. And no matter you, you know, no matter how much we go through in life, we keep coming back to this. So I'm chasing shiny objects, but now I'm just trying to chase them, going back to what I really started out doing so I could chase them. And then when I get them, it's, it's more of a victory for me instead of I want it for somebody else. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I'm at with it. One of the things you shared earlier today, Willie, is, is a goal that you're trying to, uh, to accomplish with Needles and Scratch and a specific thing that you need to have made. Uh, would you be willing to talk about that for a moment? Sure. Now, Needles and Scratch, like I said before, is a hip-hop show. Uh, it's with a, a DJ and an MC. And this is the goal way back to the 80s style, uh, back when we used to play real music on vinyl. And the one thing that I'm missing is the third part of the whole party, which is the turntable. Now, the turntable is not your average turntable it's actually a big i guess a a big table (laughs) but it interacts with kids it smiles it has a happy face and he is the next character that i'm looking to either crowdfund to get or keep doing like announcements like i have been doing and let people know aware of it but the turntable is really um my next thing that i'm looking to accomplish to get and that will help me as far as getting into hospitals getting into any place where people want a performance for kids. So then that way the kids can interact with it. It could tell them ABCs, one, two, threes. It could talk with them. It's kind of like bringing Universal, but Universal Studios is really in, in this small little tiny box to them. It's about four foot by four foot, and kids will be able to talk to it, dance with it, play with it. It'll be able to sing with it. It'll be very interactive. So that's the very next mission. Now I'm halfway to it as far as the animation part, but I just need some more help on getting the actual physical shell of it done. And so that's my next venture. How could someone support that if they're listening and they're like, hey, that's me. I want to help. All righty. So if you happen to be that lucky person who says, hey, I want to go ahead and put money towards education, please look up Needles and Scratch. Now, Needles is spelled with a Z. Instead of E-S at the end, it's N-E-E-D-L-Z. Scratch is with a K. Now, I did that for legal reasons, but it's S-K-R-A-T-C-H. You can look up needlesandscratch.com. There's a donate button at the very top. Please donate any portion that you would choose, but that 100%, all those proceeds go to not only just the development of the show, but I'm also giving back to schools because I have a nine-year-old and the hardest thing on any teachers is cutting programs. And when the teachers have to lower their self-esteem to ask parents to pay for school supplies. So I want to do my part in the community. I don't want to be one of those parents who goes to nine PTA meetings, complains, 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 but don't do nothing about it. So I want to be the one who actually does something about it. So If you invest in me, you're investing in your niece, your nephew, your cousin. You're investing in the next generation. So I want you to look whoever your niece, nephew, or son or daughter in the face and say, hey, you know what? We're going to check out Neil's and Scratch. We're going to donate to that because it's giving back to you. Neil, one of the things you started doing this last year is podcast production. That's not something you offered when we originally talked. Let's talk briefly about podcast production. Name a client or two. You can name drop if you like. And then... Be sure to share where people can learn about that. Yeah, I'm real proud to be sitting in front of this horse radio network microphone here. Um, You know, I just, uh, as a podcaster, I saw how much time I was losing cutting my shows. Uh, It was impacting my business. And um, it was funny. I actually sat back and said, wait a minute, maybe everybody else is going through this as well, right? So 
when we did our rebrand of our company, I really wanted to add one more service. So we decided to do podcast editing. So now we're asking podcasters out there to regain some of their creative time, you know, record more shows, focus on selling those shows and give us the ability to podcast, edit them for you, edit the shows for you, eliminate that headache. You're not an editor by trait. And uh, we are. So we're honored to do all the shows for the Horse Radio Network, Glenn the Geek, which did the keynote this morning. We do all of his shows on his network. Today, we've had a couple of networks approach us about doing theirs, which excites me. And uh, it's funny. I never thought that that line of business would be very lucrative for me. And it really has become not only a great connector, but also giving us a, a new line of business to stabilize our company and be able to grow. So that's our new service. We're here to promote it. You can go to wildstylemedia.net. And uh, pretty soon, we'll be having an all-new website that will have that added. But right now, we, uh, we're just picking up a lot of new business here at PodFest and introducing it to everybody. That's very cool. So, Willie, we're going to start with you. We're wrapping up here. Willie, what's your final thoughts for the listeners? My final thoughts for the listeners out there who's all listening is that I want you guys to do an activity, you know, because now I'm doing kids stuff. So I'm learning about interactivity, right? So I want you guys, if you're listening to this, find something where it can reflect, which means you can see yourself like a mirror, uh, wherever you're sitting at, you know, hopefully if you ain't sitting on the toilet, hopefully there's a mirror next to you too, but somewhere where you can see yourself. And I want you to look in that mirror, look at yourself and tell yourself that I can do it. Because once you truly believe that you will make it happen. And as cliche and as funny and as ridiculous as that sound, it's very true. If you can look yourself in the eye and tell yourself you can make it happen, no matter how hard it is, you will. And Neil, we'll close with you. Final thoughts. Final words is I love Jared Easley. And, uh, I just want to say, uh, in all seriousness, um, I've been podcasting. I'll be uh, two years in August. My first year, I thought I was the man. Second year, I'm realizing that there's so much more to what we do. And I really hope that as other podcasters get into their journey a little more than just a year or so, that they really realize that they're in the best time to be a podcaster right now. I mean, we're, I think we're at the very, I shouldn't say the beginning. People keep saying the beginning. I don't think we're at the beginning. I think we're at that simmer where podcasting is really, now's a great time to get in. And I really want to see people that are in this craft that are now taking podcasts seriously to just see them go to new creative levels and things like podcast movement that's coming up and get there with something new. Don't keep regurgitating the same old last year's stuff. Don't keep copying other people's shows. Just really put your true self into your show and come up with something original. And then if you need that edited, give us a call. (laughs) That's what we're doing. hardest and the easiest thing is to see the blessing in front of you, which is that you're alive to see another day, which means that you have been given time to keep pushing on your dream. Don't wait for other people to validate that your dream is successful. It doesn't take a million dollars to prove that you're successful. It's not a Ferrari. It's not the beautiful ladies, even though they are beautiful. None of that. It really is you. People buy things and people trust things based on you, your character, how you sell it, and how you believe in it.